Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, you guys. It's Misty, and this is Lattes and Legends. Hello. It is Thursday. Yeah, a really random day for me to record a podcast, but I've got time on my hands, so I decided to do it. It's still my spring break. Um, Not sure how long my spring break is going to last, but I'm going to roll with it and do what I can from home. I hope everyone is feeling all right. I hope everyone has some sort of silver lining to what's going on right now. Uh, Yeah, I'm not going to get too into that. Just now I'm thinking about all of you that are listening, wherever you are. My fellow podcasters, you guys are being amazing at what you do. We might be the last one standing. All right, friends. Happy first day of spring. I am having a coffee. Um, That's all I got right now. Coffee and lots of vegetables. So um, that's been my diet lately, which is good. Uh, We got a big snowstorm, so I'm about to go for a walk in it after I record this podcast. Crazy, I know, but I got to get outside. I need sunshine. Uh, So let's talk. This is part three of the Cursed Film series, and I'm doing two of my favorite films today, Apocalypse Now and Twilight Zone the movie. Oh man, I love Twilight Zone the movie, but I'll get into that when it's time for that. So my sources that I'm going to start with for Apocalypse Now are therap.com, entertainment.howstuffworks.com, filmdaily.co, looper.com, and indiewire.com. Um, Oh, and of course, yep, trusty Wikipedia. Here we go. Apocalypse Now. So if you don't know what it's about, Apocalypse Now is a 1979 American epic war film that was directed and produced and co-written by Francis Ford Coppola. Um, In it is Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando, love him. Robert Duvall, Martin Sheen. Frederick Forrest, Albert Hall, Sam Bottoms, Lawrence Fishburne, Harrison Ford, and Dennis Hopper. Yeah, man. If you guys love Harrison Ford the way I do, I bet you loved him in this movie. So dreamy. So dreamy. Anyway, that's another show. Um, so, the screenplay was co-written by Francis Ford Coppola and John Milius uh, and directed... Er, Sorry, a narration was written by Michael Hare, and it was loosely based on the 1899 novella Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad. The setting was changed from late 19th century Congo to the Vietnam War. The film follows a river journey from South Vietnam into Cambodia, undertaken by Captain Benjamin Willard. Uh, this is this guy, this captain, sorry. Played by Martin Sheen. He's on a secret mission to assassinate Colonel Kurtz, which is Marlon Brando. 
uh, a renegade of Army Special Forces officer accused of murder, and he is presumed insane. Milius became interested in adapting the book for a Vietnam War setting and initially began developing the film with Coppola as the producer and George Lucas as the director. After Lucas became unavailable, Coppola took over control of the direction, and he was influenced by Werner Herzog's Wrath of God from 1972. Hmm. Uh, So initially, this was supposed to take five months to shoot the film. Hmm. And if you've seen this film, you know, um, yeah, not happening. The film became became noted with problems uh, over the year that it took to make the movie. These problems included Brando arriving on the set, being crazy overweight and completely unprepared. Expensive sets were destroyed by the weather, and Sheen had a breakdown and suffered a near-fatal heart attack while he was on location. Ooh, yikes. The problems just started to continue. After production, as the release was postponed several times while Coppola edited over a million feet of film. So, it premiered in 1979 on August 15th. The film performed well at the box office. It made over $78 million domestically and then $150 million worldwide. The reviews were super mixed about it. Cinematography was very critically acclaimed. Uh, Coppola's direction was very critically acclaimed. Um... But a lot of people said it was anticlimactic and it was intellectually disappointing. Uh, but today, it's considered to be one of the greatest films ever made. It was nominated for eight Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Director, Best Supporting Actor, and Best, Best Cinematography, and Best Sound, which those two won. It is ranked number 14 in Sight and Sound's Greatest Films of All Time. Number six in the director's poll, greatest films of all time. Roger Ebert also included it in his top 10 greatest films ever. And in 2000, the film was selected for preservation in the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress for being, quote, culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. So that's kind of the rundown of the things you should know about it, short and sweet. So what's it about? During Vietnam, the Special Forces soldier, Walter Kurtz, had gone insane and is waging a brutal but successful guerrilla war against the NVA and the PLAF forces without permission, directions, or resupply from his commanders. At an outpost in Cambodia, he commands American troops who see him as a demigod. Um, Benjamin Willard is summoned to, um, headquarters. He's briefed on the situation and he's ordered to terminate Kurtz's command with extreme prejudice. So, um, Willard joins a U.S. Navy river patrol boat commanded by Chief Petty Officer Phillips and, uh, Crewman Lance, Chef, and Mr. Clean, and they navigate the river to find Kurtz's outpost. All right. So before they reach the mouth of the river, they rendezvous with 1st Squadron, 9th Cavalry Regiment, a helicopter-borne air assault, 
to discuss safe passage. Um, and this is when I meet Colonel Bill Kilgore. Kilgore is initially uncooperative as he has not received any word about their mission through normal channels, but he becomes more engaged after discovering Lance is a well-known surfer. The commander is an avid surfer himself and agrees to escort them through the river, which is uh, being patrolled by the Viet Cong at the time. The squadron raids at dawn with Kilgore, Kilgore ordering a napalm strike on the Viet Cong. Before Kilgore can lure Lance out to surf on the newly conquered beach, Willard gathers the sailors and they continue their mission. Tensions arise as Willard believes himself in command and um, the chief prioritizes routine patrol objectives over Willard's. Slowly making their way upriver, Willard partially reveals his mission to the chief. Um, as Willard studies Kurt's steps he is struck by a mid by the mid-career sacrifice he made by leaving his pentagon assignment to join special forces um the third generation west point graduate could have pursued a more conventional command assignments to eventually be our four-star general so he's thinking about this the whole time he's on this quote mission weeks later they reach a remote army outpost Willard and Lance enter the outpost after nightfall, seeking information on what is upriver, and receive a dispatch bag containing official and personal mail. Unable to find any commanding officer, Willard orders the chief to continue as unseen enemies come and assault the bridge. Willard learns via the dispatch that another operative was sent on a mission similar to Willard's and has already joined Kurtz. So things are starting to get a little crazy. As the crew reads letters from home, Lance activates a smoke grenade while he's, yep, tripping his face off on LSD. He attracts the attention of an unseen enemy and Mr. Clean is killed. Further upriver, Chief is impaled by a spear and attempts to kill Willard by impaling him on the spear um, from his own chest. Willard suffocates, suffocates Chief and Lance buries him in the river. Willard finally reveals his mission to Chief, who is now in charge, but despite Chief's, or Chef, sorry, Chef's anger about the mission, he rejects Willard's offer to cut the sailors loose and continue alone and insists that they have to complete this mission together. Finally, they arrive at Kurtz's outpost. Um, there's corpses and severed heads everywhere so willard chef and lance are greeted by an american freelance photojournalist who praises kurtz as being a genius as they wander through they come across a man named colby and um they learn a lot a lot a lot a lot during this time willard ends up being detained and tortured for several days during which time Kurtz kills Chef, preventing the airstrike from occurring. Willard is soon released and allowed to roam the compound. Kurtz lectures him on the theories of war, the human condition, and civilization, while praising the ruthlessness and dedication of his adversaries, the Viet Cong. Kurtz discusses his family and asks that Willard tell his son all about him after his death. That night... 
um, a water buffalo is slaughtered and Willard goes into Kurtz's chamber as he's making a voice recording and he attacks him with a machete. Mortally wounded, Kurtz utters, quote, the horror, the horror, and he dies. All in the compound, we'll see Willard departing, carrying a collection of Kurtz's writings, and they bow down to him. Willard then leads Lance to the boat. They sail away. Kurtz has his final words, and everything sort of fades to black. Basically, that's what happens in Apocalypse Now. It's a really long movie, so that's just uh, the synopsis. So let's talk about the curse of the film. Francis Ford Coppola... Um, like I said, was retelling the heart of darkness. He suffered from one minor form of the film curse. Well, he, it was deeply troubled. No one died while it was being made and eventually success boosted the careers of those that were in the movie. In fact, it's rarely referred to as a curse, which makes you wonder what it takes to get an official Hollywood curse. Probably more of a tragedy. So, set in Vietnam, the film was shot in the Philippines. Typhoon Olga destroyed several large, large sets, causing expensive shooting delays. The crew's payroll was stolen. Helicopters needed for one scene were diverted to attack Philippine rebels. Then, once filming got back underway, one of the movie's biggest stars, I already talked about this, Marlon Brando was extremely overweight and he couldn't even memorize his lines. Coppola rewrote the ending to accommodate limitations imposed by his heaviness and his lack of agility. Meanwhile, Martin Sheen was struggling with alcoholism and had a heart attack during production. One scene in which his character has a nervous breakdown in a hotel room depicted a drunk Sheen accidentally smashing a mirror and cutting his hand open. The footage was used in the film's final cut, so you should check that out. Um, there's a documentary called Hearts of Darkness, a filmmaker's apocalypse, and it's done by Eleanor Coppola, which is Francis Ford Coppola's wife, uh, and she documents a lot of the chaos um, around the production of the movie. Coppola himself was deeply troubled throughout production as the stress of his own bankruptcy of the film um, was going on. The different locations and personal issues drove him to threaten suicide and consider abandoning the project altogether. In the end, it dominated the Oscars um, and uh, is considered one of the one of the greatest movies ever made. So I don't really know if that's so much as a curse or just some weirdness that was going on with the movie. So now I'm going to talk about my probably, oh man, if I had a top 10 list of movies, this would probably be my number two favorite movie of all time. Uh, this is Twilight Zone, the movie. Sources I got from, for this are Wikipedia, TheRap.com, IndieWire.com, Sci-Fi.com. Yep, that's about it. All right, so what is this movie all about? Twilight Zone the movie is a 1983 American science fiction horror movie produced by Steven Spielberg, Jonathan Landis, and is a cinematic interpretation of the series created by Rod, Ser Rod Serling. So when it first came out, the series was in 1959. It ran to 1964. 
stars in this film. So many. Vic Morrow, Scatman Crothers, who you might know from The Shining, Kathleen, Kathleen Quinlan, John Lithgow, Dan Aykroyd, Albert Brooks. Oh my gosh. The beginning scene with those two. Hilarious and amazing. And always gets midnight special like CCR stuck in my head. Anyway, uh, Burgess Meredith is in four of the original series episodes and he is the narrator of the movie. Other actors... Um, Kevin McCarthy, Murray Matheson, Patricia Berry, bah, 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 bah. Um, yeah, and I'll go through basically some of the remakes. So basically Twilight Zone the movie is a movie that encapsulates a few different episodes of the original show. The prologue is called Something Scary. Two men are in a car driving along a country road at night. The conversation turns to what episode of the Twilight Zone they found the scariest. Um, the passengers, so Dan Aykroyd, ask Albert Brooks, the driver, do you want to see something really scary? And he says to pull over. And he turns into a monster and he attacks Albert Brooks. Mm-hmm. So the first full episode on this is called Time Out, and it was based on Death's Head Revisited and Equality of Mercy. Um, so this is about Bill Connor, who is a super bitter, angry man. He got passed over for a promotion in favor of his Jewish co-worker, drinking at the bar after work with his friends. He starts going in on racial slurs, Jewish slurs, black slurs, Asian slurs, you name it. This guy is all over it, and he is a dick. Um, so there's a black man sitting next to him at the bar, and Bill leaves the bar so angrily after this man confronts him about, hey, man, you need to watch your language. That's not cool. So Bill walks out of the bar, and he is transported to Nazi-occupied France during WW2. Mm. So this pair of SS officers are patrolling the, sh the streets, and he can't speak German. And so they start chasing him, and they get angry, and then he falls off a ledge, and he ends up being a black man in the 50s at a KKK lynching. So they're about to lynch him. He tells him, he, he tells these people he's white, and they're like, you are crazy, you're black. So while he's trying to escape from them, he jumps in a lake, and suddenly he is in the Vietnam War. People are firing at him with guns and grenades, and the people that are doing this are American because they think he is Viet Cong. Um, so he gets hit by a grenade, and instead of killing him, it launches him back into France again. Then he is captured by the officers and put into a railroad car with other Jewish prisoners. Bill sees the bar that his friends are at, and they're standing outside looking for him, and he's just screaming from the train, but no one can hear him or see him. Yeah, isn't that crazy? So what I liked about this one is just the fact that in the 80s, racism was kind of... It, you know, racism is very taboo to talk about anyway, but back then it's like, 
this is really going on still and we're very open about it and this episode really made it clear how if you are put into someone else's shoes you might just get super fucked like this guy so um vic morrow is the man who played bill so keep that in mind okay great all right um so yeah the next one was called kick the can it's about a rest home and it's about these elderly people and that's where you see scatman carruthers um there's an episode called the good life which is about kathleen quinlan's character helen foley and a kid that she meets it's kind of crazy i'm just gonna skim through these uh oh my favorite 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 Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. This was a complete remake of Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, the episode. Um, and this one has got William Shatner in it. And I, or no, it, William Shatner was in the original. This is John Lithgow. Uh, basically, John Lithgow plays a man named John Valentine. He gets on a plane. He's already terrified of flying because of past experiences. Um, so we see him super stressed, super anxious, and freaking out. He notices there's a gremlin on the wing of the plane, and he just starts panicking, and he watches this thing damage the engine, and he's like, freaks out, breaks the window of the plane, um, takes a gun, shoots out the plane, it's nuts um so the plane ends up landing and the gremlin grabs valentine's face and is covered with slime um and the creature like goes into the sky and flies away as the plane is landing for their emergency the police crew passengers are all like he's insane however the aircraft maintenance crew arrives to find damage to the engine, complete with claw marks, while a straight-jacketed Valentine is carried off in an ambulance. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, let's talk first about... Okay, sorry, I'm going through my notes. Ba-ba-ba-ba. Um, the curses of this film. So there was a helicopter accident. So during the film of, during the filming of the movie, actor Vic Morrow and some child actors, I can't pronounce their names, one was seven, one was six, died in an accident involving a helicopter that was being used on the set. The two child actors were hired in violation of a California law which prohibits child actors from working at night or in close proximity to explosions and requires the presence of a teacher or social worker. During the trial, the illegalities of the children's hiring was admitted by the defense once John Landis admitted that he was wrong, um, but he didn't say that the accident was wrong. He didn't say anything about the accident during the trial, but I have more stuff on that. So Steven Spielberg was so disgusted by the way he handled the situation, he ended their friendship, and publicly called for the end of the new Hollywood era where directors had almost completely controlled over the film. 
When approached by the press about the accident, he stated, quote, no movie is worth dying for. I think people are standing up so much more now than be ever before to producers and directors who ask too much of them. If something isn't safe, it's the right and responsibility of every actor or crew member to yell, cut. So in the scene that served as the original ending, Moro's character had traveled back through time again and stumbled into the Vietnamese village where he finds two Vietnamese children left behind when a U.S. Army captain appears and begins shooting at them. Moro was to take the children under his arms and escape out of the village as the hovering helicopter destroyed the village with multiple explosions, which would have led to his character's redemption. The helicopter pilot had trouble navigating through the fireballs created by the pyrotechnic effects for the sequence. A technician on the ground did not know this and detonated two more uh, charges close together. The flash force of the two explosions caused the low-flying helicopter to spin out of control and crash land on top of Moreau and the two children as they were crossing a small pond away from the village. All three were killed instantly. Um, Moro and the six-year-old Lee were decapitated by the rotor blades, while Chen, the seven-year-old, was crushed to death by one of the struts. <sighs> yeah, so that is one thing that happened. Uh, 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 uh. Um, so there were... Lots and lots of court trials and cases and um, Landis and Spielberg both had a lot of fines to pay and there's just a lot of drama that went um, on with this. So that, that's why they say this movie is cursed. Uh, what's interesting is after the trial, a reporter whose name I cannot find... Uh, said, there's an old and very morbid joke about Hollywood. If you kill someone, you don't go to jail. You just pay a fine. Which, I mean, after looking at this, sounds about right. Um, so the Directors Guild of America began to make more decisions about safety and then opened a hotline and then encouraged people to call, or rather actors to call, actors, crew people, to call if they thought it wasn't safe. Because they encouraged that 100%. Um, Warner Brothers became very heavily involved in revamping the industry's attitudes in regards to safety and their work. Eventually, the major studios began issuing the Injury and Illness Prevention Program manual to all employees. And that still is given to them today. Crazy, huh? Um, so that's this week. I hope that you guys are really having some good family time if you're with your family. Um, if you're like me and your trip got canceled, it sucks. Um, but, uh, better safe than sorry. Like I said, I'm not going to turn this into a negative thing I want you guys to I don't know go out for a walk guys nature isn't closed if you are that concerned about being next to somebody and I know it sounds like I'm not taking this seriously but I am I really am um learn what what three to five feet is 
and take that space between the people you're around. I'm really hoping no one will be out walking right now because, you know, it's snowing still. Uh, anyway, that was part three of Cursed Films. I will be doing part four either probably this weekend. Um, and then I'll be doing some work from home next week, I'm guessing. So everyone enjoy this beautiful first day of spring. If the sun is shining, go out and get some vitamin D. That's what I'm about to do. Although it's snowing, the sun is still shining. Go have a coffee. Go to your local drive-thru. Support your small businesses. And if you need soap and hand sanitizer, I know where to get it. <laughs> anyway, if you have an email about something you would like for me to discuss, it's lattesandlegends at gmail.com. Yeah, you guys have a great day and don't jump on any helicopters if you don't like pyrotechnics. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.